live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rick Spielman, former Minnesota Vikings general manager. Would you give Cousins the same contract again if you could wave a wand and go back in time? Well, you, you know, when we... The Rich Eisen Show. You like that? Earlier on the show, MMQB columnist and former Packers executive Andrew Brandt. Still to come. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. NFL on Fox analyst, Greg Olson. Plus, from HBO's Winning Time, actor Devon Nixon. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air, and we come on the air with Chris Brockman walking on it. Let's go! Let's go! Chris Brockman, Syracuse Orange graduate, um, who started this program saying, we've got no shot against Duke, and Jim Beheim should retire. (laughs) We will save that. That's how he started this show. Smash cut to hour two. And Syracuse just hit a three at the buzzer to take a four-point lead into the locker room over Duke yeah. in the ACC tournament. Oh, baby. Is it possible that Syracuse could somehow, someway, hand Duke a two-game losing streak going into the NCAA tournament? Cameron, indoor, all quiet and crying. As Coach K talks about how unacceptable <laughs> it was to lose with everybody there oh, celebrating him. We're 90, at the Barclays. 96 bitch. graduates. We just play well. Conference tournaments. They were New York there. City. It's just what we do this time of year. I'm back. It's March. I'm back. Duke's winning this game I by can't 10. Play the music. I you want to take it. that bet? You want to go double or nothing, Kenny Pickett? Nah, because I already won that bet, so why would I double it? Like, it's already done. You just guaranteed a 10-point win. Well, I'm just saying, why would I? It's like taking points off the board. Like, I've already won that bet. Well, John Harbaugh does it all the time. (laughs) No, I'm not John Harbaugh. (laughs) That's already a done deal. That bet's already won. It's in the can. Why would I pull it out of the can to risk losing it? That makes no sense. Or you could just do a separate one. Yeah, separate and equal. Let's go. That's not what his his offer was. He hasn't offered that yet. All right, we'll do a separate. Come on, let's go. No. Come on. Come on. No, Come on. I need TJ's some juice. not a betting man. He needs juice. <laughs> Brockman's one of those people, like, if he doesn't lay something on top of it, it's right. just not worth watching. Brockman will bet on, like, <laughs> the, the direction the wind's blowing, you know. Southeast. Let's go. <laughs> wow. Oh, baby. Look at this happening. We're back. We're How back. about that? <laughs> Why are we going to halftime? Let's just keep playing. We got the, yeah. we got the momentum. Look at that, brother. Net. Wow. (laughs) So that's how we come on the air. Hour number two. Hour one, we had Andrew Brandt on the program from the MMQB, former Packers executive. He was there shepherding the Rodgers and Favre out era. And uh, his take was he needs to see this new contract extension for Aaron Rodgers to believe that the Packers and he are – attached at the hip for the rest of Roger's career. That this could just be the salary cap relief needed to run it back one more time. Roger's, I guess, sitting here and saying, I'm not going to force the trade or it's too difficult to force the trade. The Packers may have wanted more from from Denver than Denver gave to... 
Seattle that have that have nothing to do with it. But the bottom line is Rodgers is staying, and Aaron, Andrew Brandt says he needs to see the contract to, to believe that this is the long-term relationship career finisher. He thinks this is just the end of whatever deal these two teams struck verbally last year, and also he needs to see if the out after the 2022 season that Rodgers got with his holdout not really holding out last year is still in the contract. Because if it is, and he sees the guaranteed money laid out a certain way, this could just be a one-year run it back, and that's why they're just franchise-tagging Devontae Adams at the moment. You could knock us over with a feather when we heard that. <laughs> then there's the issue of the Colts being in the quarterback market now and Seattle being in the Drew Locke business now. And what are the long-term plans, short-term plans at quarterback for those two teams? And why did the Colts' relationship with Wentz fall completely apart so damn fast? Albert Breer will be joining us on that front. And then there's the Matt Ryan situation in Atlanta where he's got a cap hit of $48 million, and if they trade him or cut him or whatever, it's a cap hit of $40 million, and they might as well just keep him. Well, and that's the way their, their quarterback situation is? Goodness gracious. That's the way they're going to go into the draft eighth overall and run it back that way? He would look good, though, in Indy. What is Indy's plan? So much to happen on that front. Let's go to Andrew in Washington State. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Rich. Long time no talk. Thanks for taking my call. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Uh, Real quick, I did have a question that you were just talking about. But before I hit that, Brockman, don't get too sassy on Syracuse. Duke was down at half, I mean up at half at UNC. So now that they're down at half, they're going to turn that around and they're going to beat Syracuse by 14. So I'm a big Duke Blue Devil fan. Mike Sheffy's not going to allow an old friend Bayheim to beat him. All right, Andrew, side bet. All right, so also my two QB questions for you, Rich. I yeah. got two of them. Mm-hmm. So one of them you just hit. So what's the possibility of Jimmy G being the next Indianapolis Colts? quarterback you know you got jonathan taylor there you, you've got a all you got to do is plug and play with a quarterback that can just at least kind of get the job done well um i don't know to be honest with you uh would you trade for jimmy garoppolo fresh off of shoulder surgery you have no idea uh, if it's gonna stick or not you could you could hear all about um from a doctor and you could read all the x-rays you could get all the medical you could do all of that would you do that right now if you're the colts I- I would, you know, especially by getting those picks. And Kyle Shanahan would love some picks. Um, I think he does pretty good in the draft. I don't and think you're going to get too many picks. You're not going to get – you're certainly not going to replenish what you gave up for, for, for Lance. That's for sure. You're not going to get that. I mean, you're going to get some. I don't know how viable an option that is for, for Indianapolis. They apparently like Sam Ellinger very much. So – I, I don't know if they're going to go run it back with him. You hear the name Gardner Minshew. Do they go Jameis Winston? Do they throw money at Trubisky? Uh, I I don't know. That's a big question mark right now. But all, all, right. all I know is that getting Jimmy Garoppolo, who definitely has, as you know, 
the ability to throw outside the, you know, hashes and the numbers. He's got, he's dicey throwing it over the middle. I mean, that's all I heard from Kurt Warner over and over and over again. You know, he's tough. I mean, the guy played with this shoulder problem. He played with that hand problem on his throwing hand. Um, And you know that a a good run game can definitely support him and he it well enough to make a Super Bowl, but not yet win it. Maybe so. And it's also not the tough. It's not the toughest division in football at all. So maybe that works. Uh, Maybe it does. But it doesn't it show you how much they disliked Wentz that they feel that's an upgrade. Well, there's that new report coming in that Frank Reich actually apologized to Jim Irsay about pushing to get Wentz. So there must have been Dude, something must... that Frank Reich did or said, and <laughs> and he put all his eggs in the basket. Eggs, stuff, it's it, so. it's it's not what. Thanks to the call, I don't think it's what Reich said. Or, uh, it's whatever Wentz did. What the hell happened there? Yeah, I don't know. Where they were just like, get out. We're not even gonna. <laughs> we're not even gonna dress it up with language like we're we 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 think the world of Carson. We don't know. We have no intention. They're just flat out like at the time. I thought it was something. At the time, we thought that was the right move. They basically said, get out and don't let the door hit you in the Wentz on the way to the commanders. Wow. Get out of Rich, here. funny thing about this Matt Ryan contract, uh, you mentioned the $40 million dead cap. That's a pre-June 1st situation. So if he is released or traded after June 1st, you know, they, I guess they could announce a trade and then wait to do it yeah. until then. Um he would only count twenty four point nine million against the cap, saving the team almost twenty four million for twenty twenty two. All right, so it's possible. It's possible. Take a few months, but yeah. Terzo and I are. What's up, Terzo? How are you, counselor? Yo, I'm coming in a little hot right now. I want a quad one win right now, Rick. Man, I'm a little <laughs> fired rise, up, man. Let's go. Rise. Let's go. Oh yeah. I'm happy the Sea Chickens made a terrible decision by getting rid of Russell Wilson, man. I am so happy about that. Like, I have loved this guy. He's been a person that I have squabbled about since we should have drafted him back in 2013. Like, it is unreal that they made the decision to send him to the donkeys into that Amazon, which forest that it's going to be, man. No one's going to come out of that division healthy that is going to be the nfc west of what last year was it is going to be brutal it is almost like you sticking your hand into a little bubble's mouth here two days ago man you got to be careful with where you put your hand Hmm. you know what terzo uh i you you definitely are coming in hot there's no question about that um i don't i don't know man i i i I would have traded for russell wilson that's for sure yeah me too you know 100 percent you know 100 percent and and for Denver, and thanks for the call, brother. Appreciate the call. Say hi to everybody out there in Iowa. Um, yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind that Denver Broncos did the right thing, and there's no doubt in my mind I think the Seattle Seahawks did the right thing, running it back the way that they ran it the last year. It's it was over. It was obvious it was over. We felt like we we saw the way the season ended. It's just like you know, even though they did come up with a nice win in Arizona and they were high five on each other like it was 2013 all over again, it just struck me as this doesn't work anymore. It struck me as like this no longer works anymore. So you know, it it it, it definitely was something that I think 
the way that their draft board looked, the way that the season ended, the way that their offense looked, the whatever was going on behind the scenes there. This is something they had to do. And we'll talk about it with Albert Breer in a moment. Just want to say one thing um, real quick here. Baseball. We haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it because I told you, I promised you, sort of like I promised my children that I will protect them from all that I can possibly protect them from. And what I can protect you from is conversation about international drafts and bonus money pool and all of whatever the heck that these two sides are talking about right now. And I always thought there's got to be, these folks know the number. They know the number that it's going to take to make it work. They know it. Mm -hmm. They know the number and they also know what time it is. And the latest talks that are still supposedly going on um, between the two sides, although not in person, blah, blah, blah. I've been through lockouts before in labor disputes. Never cost the NFL games, though, the ones that I, I, I was through. But I've been there before. They know the number and they know the time. The question is, is at what time will they just put aside the bad blood and figure out for what's best for the kids, what's best for the family? And so what's best for you is I'm sparing you that whole conversation. And the latest games got canceled yesterday all the way through to April 14th. Now, that's an, imp- an important date. Why is that an important date? Why is that a date that just leaps out at you? Well... April 15th. You know what April 15th is? Tax day. Tax day. No. Yeah. no, no, no. Oh, it's 18th. We're oh. talking about baseball. It's Jackie oh. Robinson Day. It is the 75th anniversary oh. of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Yeah. And if baseball blows that off, because they can't figure out all the stuff that I'm protecting you from, then a pox... On everybody's house. That's the deadline. Now that's a real deadline because they can't screw that up. You can say, yes, they can. But they shouldn't screw that up. And my message to my friends in that sport, and I have many of them, because I love baseball. I love it. Is that baseball is in dire straits right now dire straits right now they blew off opening day and now they've blown off more games they've canceled them because of all this and the commissioner was seen laughing at the podium and i guess he was just having one of those moments i don't know if he was overtired or whatever and he's he was caught practicing his golf dude, swing practicing like, his golf dude. swing is easily oh. but he wasn't in front of cameras he was caught like he was caught okay. seeing that it, it's an unfortunate like the worst possible photo up yeah And it's just, they're in dire straits right now. Dire, dire straits right now. We have not received one phone call or tweet or comment on our YouTube stream. On People comment on anything about (laughs) anything that has to do with nothing about the content. That's true. And TJ reads them all. You read them all. (laughs) He knows. We haven't gotten one comment or tweet or or phone call from a fan saying, this is awful, I miss it, and I love it. Not one. What? And the NFL and the NBA and March Madness 
is happening right now, and that's what fans are caring about the most. Masters around the corner. Baseball blows this one off, blows off Jackie Robinson Day, 75th anniversary. Forget it. I don't care if you come back on Memorial Day. It'll take it'll take a long-ass time for people to start getting into it. And note to players, you should come on shows like this one or Dan or brother from another on this network or anybody else. Do you see him anywhere? No. Do you see him anywhere talking? Some guys have been tweeting a little bit. Do you see him anywhere? I see now, random videos of Scherzer. That might be a let's lay low or whatever. Yeah. But Bregman come, came on this show. He talked. Remember he came on this show talking about young guys need to sell the game. Yelich. Mm-hmm. You know, Bryce Harper's got to do more than just tweet something out like, hey, Japan looks good this time of year. Or Mike Trout. Oh, I love God. the sport. Two of the biggest stars in baseball right there should be at the All forefront. All of them. All of them. You've got until whatever your deadline is that makes sure opening day is Jackie Robinson Day. That's all I wanted to say about it. Yeah, Rich. Bobby Valentine had a video expressing the exact same sentiments as this you. Is, this is the day. fact that Bobby hey, Valentine and Bobby I are on v. the same page is really weird and freaks me out. <laughs> But well, I'll he, tell he you agreed guys, about Jackie I'm Robinson telling you, I've tried to spare everybody all of this. Just felt the need to get that off my chest. Okay, sure, sure Albert, Albert Breer is about to join us. Albert Breer is about to join us on this program. Second half of Duke and Syracuse oh! has just started. Oh. As you can hear from Brockman, they just hit another three. They've got a seven-point lead to kick off the second half wow. on Duke. So there's all of that. This is great. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll be back uh, here on the Rich Eisen Show to keep you up to speed on absolutely everything right here on the program. The Callaway Rogue Irons. Boy, do we love the Callaway Rogue Irons. Wow. And this was before the Rogue ST Irons came out in four different offerings. Each model using artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel. The only irons ever to do so. Most popular iron of the bunch is the Rogue ST Max. That's designed for the widest range of players because of its refined game improvement shaping and incredible combination of speed, forgiveness, and all-around performance. But if you load a mid-single-digit handicappers, want something, that's the Rogue ST Pro for you. Hollow body construction, sleek, compact player shape. The best game improvement model is the Max OS. Then the Max OS Lite is the most forgiving high-launch iron. Wider soles increase lofts in a lightweight package for players with lower swing speed. So no other irons perform like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash Go Rogue. Albert Breer, when we come back from the MMQB on the latest in the NFL. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Outfit, one big happy family with um, here uh, on our Peacock audience in Sirius XM Channel 85. Joining us from the MMQB right now with the NFL, just news a-popping, um, Albert Breer joining us here once again on the program. How you doing, Albert? Did I get you at a bad time? I, I like When I left the house, Michigan was up by like 15 or something. No, there it's now. Yeah, you got me at a bad time. You got me at a okay. bad time right now. But, but it's a good time in terms of talking about the National Football League. Um, let's get into it here, uh, Albert. What happened with the Colts and Wentz? I mean, week 15, Saturday night football, um, they they crushed they crushed it against New England, which had a furious comeback fall short. But Indianapolis looked like what the Niners looked like uh, at the end of the season and into the playoffs, the proverbial team nobody wanted to face. And now it's just like, you know, yeah. uh, Wentz, you can't even say fell out of favor. There was no favor. There was nothing. Right. Right? Well, I, I, I think there are two pieces of this, um, Rich. And, you know, I, I like I, I think Frank Reich is sort of a neutral party here uh, because he does have the close relationship with Wentz. Um, yeah, I think the, 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 the key figures are Chris Ballard and, and, uh, and Jim Ursay. I think from Ballard's standpoint, it wasn't so much about the way Carson played over the course of 17 games because, I mean, it wasn't great, but, like, I think you could kind of justify some of it. And, like, a lot of the stuff the Colts said before the year, which was, if we're really good around him, he'll be fine, came true. Now, at the end of the year, when they had to put a lot on his shoulders, he wound up falling short. But I think they were sort of prepared for that, right? When Jonathan Taylor was making his MVP run, Lentz was, again, not great, but he was fine. Um, I think for Ballard, this was more about the guy you want leading your room, right? And kind of whether or not that guy, you can envision him being like the battleship commander for your organization going forward. And I think Chris Ballard discovered a lot of the stuff that the Eagles knew um, when they traded him to Indy, which was he's not really that guy, you know, and he doesn't relate great with teammates. And when things aren't good, is he accountable? Um, can we count on him when things are really tough, when we got to put the team on his shoulders? Like, how is he, beyond just how he plays, like, how is he going to react to that emotionally? 
And so I think that the makeup part of it was what Ballard had misgivings on. Now, as Ursay, I think this is more about a sense of urgency with the core that they've built. And you look at it, they've done a really nice job over the next, last five years putting something around whoever the quarterback's going to be. And remember, this is all meant for Andrew Luck, right? Like, But Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Julian Blackman will come back off of injury, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. I mean, we're talking about you know guys who are you know kind of in the wheelhouse now. Like this core, this should be when this group is winning, you know. And I think that that's part of Ursay's frustration now is three years after um, or two and a half, I guess, two and a half years after Andrew Luck retired, like the rest of the team is coming of age as as they'd really wanted it to, and yet the quarterback position is still a mess and. Like, I, you know, think the owner sort of looked at it as what we've got isn't good enough. And I think it's fair to look at it that way. So, to me, as much as anything else, this is about, A, the makeup of the player, the makeup of Carson Wentz, and whether or not that was what they wanted to build around. And then, B, the sense of urgency they really have to have with the core group that they've built over the last five years. So, if the Colts learned this the hard way, if you will, and the Eagles learned it the hard way, then why are the Washington Commanders, after saying they're going to, you know, they're they're going to go YOLO and knock on everybody's door, why why do they go in this direction? Why why do they do? Because this? they're out of answers. Um, you know, look realistically. Like so, they made a they made a real pitch. Um, Russell Wilson. They they offered three first round picks there. They, um, you know, they 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 would have taken a swing at Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers had ever become available. And then the third quarterback that's a big name here, Deshaun Watson. They like him, but I mean, I think for obvious reasons, this was sort of going to be a non starter for them because of everything that their organization has gone through over the last two years and the workplace stuff and everything else, um, unless there was full and complete settlement of all of the legal stuff, not just the criminal part, all of the legal stuff, Watson was going to be a non-starter for them. So that left them on the second tier, and I think with any of the quarterbacks, whether it was Garoppolo, Wentz, whoever else, I think the way that they looked at it was, if we do that, it's probably going to be multiple swings. And so I think the way you want to look at Wentz now is, do they think they can get a little more out of him? Yeah, because Wentz has always been a really good downfield thrower. Has he ever had a guy quite like Terry McLaurin? Maybe not. Like So, you know, maybe there's something there. Um, at the very least, they're bringing in a guy who started a lot of games, who's seen a lot of things, and I don't think they're done at quarterback. My guess would be they'll look very, very hard at the idea of drafting one in the first round. Now, I think what you can say because of the money is they're probably not going to take another swing on a, uh, take a swing on another veteran quarterback. But I think the idea they could take one in the first round of the draft is very much still alive. So what's the Colts' plan at quarterback? What's that? <laughs> um, you know, I, that's that's the big mystery here. I mean, I, I saw, you know, obviously our friend Ian, like, mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo the other day. Um, you know, I know Florio mentioned uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I'd be stunned if Chris Ballard didn't pick up the phone and, and call Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler about Derek Carr. I mean, maybe he asks them if there's something creative that could happen with Derek Carr going to Indy and maybe Jimmy Garoppolo going to Vegas. Um, you know, they have to think outside the box like that, you know, and I, I don't know what the answer is because, I mean, you know, you were in Indianapolis for a week with the rest of us. You know what the league thinks of this quarterback class coming in, and they don't have a first-round pick to begin with. So, like, that's always been my thing with the, with the Wentz thing with them, Rich, is like, 
I mean, yeah, it sounds good, like, but then what? And I think they're still sorting through the then what part of the equation. I mean, short of the Texans being willing to trade Deshaun Watson in the division, which I don't think they will, like, what else is there for you out there? I'm not sure. And, and, you know, again, like Chris Ballard's good at this. and Maybe he's got a rabbit he's getting ready to pull out of his hat. But, but I do think they're going to have to, to look at this creatively because obviously – Right now, they don't have a whole lot of the position. Right, and certainly not enough to get Watson. You could even make the case that if Watson does become viable in any way, shape, or form, that Seattle, what it just got from Denver, might not even be enough for Watson. Right. So, And you could basically say that what you just saw for Wilson would be somewhere in that neighborhood of what it would take to get Derek Carr, right? I mean, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I like even take it to Wentz, Rich. I, I mean, I thought like when when we started hearing about Wentz, like I I honestly thought like a month ago, like like is this going to be like a Brock Osweiler salary dump? You know what I mean? Like I I just didn't think that the I didn't think the Colts would be able to find somebody to take on the money. Forget the rest of it. You know what I mean? And so. Um, you know, the fact that Wentz brought that home, I mean, John Lynch has to feel pretty good about where he's at with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Like, even though Garoppolo is, um, you know, Garoppolo is, is, you know, coming back from shoulder surgery. And, you know, then if Derek Carr's worth, you know, what, a one and a three or something like that, like, would that get the Raiders to think about it? And again, like, would that idea of a, a swap, like a, all right, like we'll 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 send Carr off, and then we'll bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Would that appeal to him? And I don't know that it would, because I do think like that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. Like, I think they're being sincere when they say they really like Derek Carr. And it was really important for Josh to get off to the right foot, get that get that relationship off to the right foot with Derek Carr after what happened, you know, when he started in Denver. Uh, you know, but if you're thinking creatively about this, like that's that's the way you have to start thinking if you're Chris Ballard, you know, because I, I just. There isn't an easy answer out there. Again, short of maybe the, the the Texans being willing to trade him in division, and even if the Texans were willing to do that, you don't have a first round pick to to, to, to deal to them. You know, so it's a it's I think it's a tricky spot um, for the Colts the Colts to be in without question. And uh, I'll tell you this, Rich, that ghost of Andrew Luck seems to be hmm. continuing to haunt Indianapolis. And I've got Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen show. So. We had Andrew Brandt on in our number one colleague of yours. And he's like, I need to see the contract before I believe Aaron Rodgers is uh, attached at the Packers hip for the rest of his career, that this might just be essentially a cap clearing um, solution to him running yeah. it back one more time with Devonte Adams for him to get to his free, you know, walk, if you will, year that he negotiated to come back last year what do you think well i mean i the one thing i had heard was that there were and, and you know like i i know um you know there was the idea out there that this would be a four-year deal i heard it was four new years and that's interesting to me because um if, if it's four new new years that means it's a five-year deal right you know essentially and that number is the magic number five years is the max that you can spread that bonus money out over, right? So that's being done for a reason. And a lot of times, like, those five-year deals will have phony years in the back end. So, you know, when I when I heard that it wasn't just 
it wasn't a four-year deal. It was a four-year extension. Mm-hmm. Like, that popped in my head, okay, like, are there phone phony years in the back end that are designed to spread the cap hit out? I think it's Aaron's intention to finish his career in Green Bay. I don't have any reason to think otherwise. I think he's got an appreciation for the guys he plays with and all the rest of it. Like, I think this is a big – I mean, to me, like, this is happening because of Aaron Rodgers' relationships because he felt as strongly as about the people in that locker room – as he has at any point in his career, he fixed his relationships with good Gustav Murphy, and his relationship's always been good with Murph with uh, with Lafleur. You know, but like if there are those you know phony years in the back of his deal, then yeah, you ha- you would have to think about it. And hey, if I'm the Packers, here's the other part of it: like Tampa did that with a bunch of contracts to create a two-year window with Tom Brady. Wouldn't you say they would say it was worth it now? Mm-hmm. Like even if they have to tear it down, they won a championship. So, like, if this means creating a two- or a three-year window with Aaron Rodgers and maybe he walks after that, like, I, if I'm the Packers, that's, that's 100% worth it to go and, and chase another championship when you haven't won one in, what is it, 12 years now? It's been 12 years since they won that first one with Aaron Rodgers. Wow. So you think we're back in, like, the story of the new league year of 2023 is going to be where Rodgers' free agency no, tour goes? I I'm mean, not saying that. I don't think so. No, I, I mean, like, I, again, like, I, I have no, I have no, like, uh, I've, I've heard nowhere that, like, this is, like, the precursor to Rodgers saying goodbye again. Uh, but, I mean, you can look at the roster, you know what I mean, like, and say, like, yeah, like, there's a very real two-year window. You can look at David Bakhtiari's age, Devontae Adams' age, and, you know, you can look at like how that's a really great football situation now, but you know, but two, three years down the line, it might look a little bit different based on how some of these contracts are built. And by the way, here's the other thing: I mean, these guys can always force their way out. I mean, that's the one hmm. thing that we're learning now, right? Like Russell Wilson didn't really have to do anything; like he could just sit on, sit on his hands and let it happen. Um, that's becoming more common now as quarterbacks sort of accumulate more power. So, Albert Breer here, a few minutes left with him from Sports Illustrated right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, why did it have to happen in Seattle? What happened? Because Russ, again, that's the type of guy, homegrown, Walter Payton Man of the Year, go Hawks. I mean, and and I would never have imagined as he's going through that ascension uh, from, um, you know, Pete Carroll, uh, Seattle Seahawk, um, you know, face of franchise to, yeah, he's gone before he's 34 so what happened i think it goes back to the last contract negotiation um you know and i I think you can actually take it back to do you remember the stories out there that the um and this is the year that baker mayfield and josh allen and and sam darnold were in the draft in 18 that the seahawks had explored trading russell wilson to cleveland and um with the idea they were going to you know wind up with the number one overall pick and take one of the quarterbacks Mm -hmm. like that like, I, like from what I've heard, that stuck with him, you know, and that was part of the reason why the next year he had a no-trade clause negotiated into his contract mm-hmm. so he could control where he was going to go next. And I think all the way around there was a feeling after that negotiation because it was a difficult one, this is going to be the last contract he does in Seattle. Like, right, like this is going to be the last one, and we'll figure it out somewhere along the line. Um, but let's try to make the most of it now, and then this, that's going to be that. And, you know, I think because of some of the animosity that it built up over the years, you saw some of the back and forth last year. And this year was a little bit different in that, like, 
And I think Russell felt like this was going to be it for him. Um, and he was content to say, like, let's just let this play out. And, you know, I think over the last, I'd say, month or so, um, you know, talk started to heat up. I think they've been talking to Denver since the beginning of February. And, um, you know, it's just kind of built and built and built. And I think for the Seahawks, the main thing was you look at the roster, it's like, okay, if we know we've got no more than two years left with Russell Wilson because there's two years left on his deal, do we think we can get the roster back into a place where we can win fast enough that it's going to be worth it to keep him around, knowing that we're not going to give him another contract? And, like, I I think you just look at that, then you just suppose it against the trade value, which if you've got a guy with two years left on his contract, he's more valuable than a guy with one year left on his contract and what you can get for him. And so I think for Seattle, it was everything that had built up over the years was just, it was, it was all right, like now is the time. Now is when it makes sense. The same way Detroit traded Stafford last year with two years left on his deal. And then I think Russell really wanted to go to a place where everything was built around him, you know, and it was going to be a very quarterback-centric operation because he never really had that in Seattle. And, um, you know, Denver historically has, has done that. You know, go back to the years of John Elway, obviously with Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, I think they're able to afford him sort of what he was looking for in that way. And in a lot of ways, Rich, what's, what's really interesting about this is I think, like, the root of some of this was, like, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson last year saying, looking over at Tampa and looking at what Tom Brady said there, had there and said, like, give me that. And I think Aaron Rodgers has sort of been able to leverage his way into having that without having to leave Green Bay. And now I think Russell Wilson's got it in Denver. Yeah, I was kind of likening it to uh, Roethlisberger um, and Cower having a different dynamic than Tomlin and Roethlisberger. That, right. you know, that to Pete, Russ was always that kid who he drafted, or at least in Russ's mind, he was always, you know, the kid that that Pete um, drafted and nurtured, always compete, and he competed and he got in. And um, and now Russ is going to be the OG that yep. everybody went to go get for the new coach. What a totally different quarterback coaching dynamic for him, and it'll be fascinating to play out and see if it works, right? Yeah, the context of it is important, and I think you nailed it. Like, it's, you know, like all the history there, like the Legion of Boom, right? Like, and, and how there was friction between Russell and those guys, and Russell's place in the organization, and how Russell thought things should be run versus how Pete thought things should be run. Like, and I, I think those guys are going to look back on their years together fondly. Don't get me wrong here. I don't think this is like a hatred thing, but your history is your history. You know, and I think like that history sort of weighed everyone down over the last couple of years. And so now the Seahawks get to go and rebuild the roster and they got draft capital to do it. And Russell comes out of this. And again, like his entry point to Denver is so different than his entry point to Seattle. And, um, you know, he arrives there sort of as the man. And, you know, I think he arrives in sort of a partnership with George Payton and with Nathaniel Hackett, you know, and those guys are still relatively new there too. Um, and, you know, he can, again, like, be the guy who can help bring along a Jerry Judy, who can help maybe take Cortland Sutton to another level, who can maybe get more out of K.J. Hamler, like all of that, and he can attract other guys in from the outside. Um, you know, and so, like, I just think, like you said, like the context of the relationship between team and player 
is much different in this case, which I think is exactly what Russell was looking for. Last thing for you, uh, new Rich Eisen show segment and a concept or idea that, uh, like everything else born here, we, we just thought of on the spot. Uh, TB12 heat check, heat check uh, on a scale of <laughs> 0 to 12. Zero is, um, you know, uh, what's the line I've been using? Uh, Jello shots with Rita Moreno, yep, okay, correct. where he got okay. no, he's no, th- not thinking at all about coming back. And twelve is he's definitely coming back. Where do you, where do you stand on that scale? Yeah, I like so. I'll be firmly on the fence. I'll say seven. Ooh, um, oh, that's wow. and, and that's the reason at. why. The reason why is like I, I don't think he knows how he's gonna feel in like June and July and August and. I, you know, I think I've said this to you before, Rich, but it's a much different thing. Like asking a guy for a 12-month commitment, right, a 12-month commitment to play football, which is what you'd be doing now, versus like a team coming to him in August and saying, can you do it for the next five months? Those are two different things. So it didn't surprise me if he didn't keep himself in shape. And I'll be interested to see if, you know, there are TMZ uh, photos, you know, in, in May and June and him working out at some high school and, with his helmet on and everything else, uh, you know, because I, I do think, you know, like there's, I, I don't know that like that thing in the back of his head, um, you know, that he has not done. Like, I don't know that that's gone away yet. Albert, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. And just in time, uh, Michigan blew a 13 point uh, halftime oh. lead and got bounced by Indiana. So congratulations. Oh, is it over? It is indeed. Are you guys out then? Do you think you make the tournament still or no? Don't know, man. Uh, but I just—it literally just ended, and um, thankfully, though, the handshake is going without incident, and that's the best <laughs> part about it. So, well, I'm sure you're happy to be talking to me at a time like that. You know what, Albert? Good luck to you along the way. Thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it, brother. Take All care. right, thanks, Rich. Good Have to good see you at the combine. That's Albert Breer here, everybody on the Rich Eisen Show. Here's your so, insight. So before that loss, Joe Lenardi, tomorrow's guest, mm-hmm. Bracketology, yes. had Michigan in the last four buys. So we'll you see. are we'll in the – You're close. You're in. You're in. But you might be now in the last four in. This was updated at 1 a.m. Oh, this morning. Ah, okay. We'll see how it Oof. goes. Oof. All right. What's going on with you? Oh, it is. Neck, neck and neck. Duke was up two. Oh, is it over? No, 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 no. no, no. Well, I'm seeing Coach K and Jim Beheim shaking hands. Yeah, before, oh, it was before, before the game. Before the game. Before the All right. game. It was about 10 minutes. Let's take a break. Phone calls to set up Greg Olson in hour number three, and then Devon Nixon, man who plays his dad, Norm Nixon, in winning time, coming up. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. 
Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit, we were just talking about tonight's next Sixers game. This is the one. Will Ben Simmons play? Answer, no. <laughs> there was no chance that Will was Will Ben Simmons be there? Answer, apparently yes. What will he wear? Will he wear the uh, the Melania I don't care do you oh, jacket? Oh, well, that one is he'll wear. I don't care do you? Man, I, I, I that would be that would be wild if he showed up with that. Was I hope he's wearing earplugs. He, I mean, he's not going to say anything. There won't be a post game presser with somebody who doesn't play, but he'll be there. Yeah, with a ton of angry Sixers fans, dog. It ain't going to be nothing nice tonight. Prices well, for this you can game. get one for seventeen twenty-five on eBay if yeah. he wants to buy one. Prices He'll take up. as many shots oh, as he did in the last couple on. minutes of his career. <laughs> that That's a good one, too. Yes. Zero? <laughs> it ain't going to be nothing nice tonight, guys. That's tonight. Wow. And it's extra large. So it might, yeah, it's perfect. Wow. When do the Lakers play next? Oh. What's their next game? Uh, hold on. I'm looking up. Get in price versus Sixers oh, tonight. Please, oh. to what? So you can get in to yell at somebody on the bench. And by the way, Sixers fans in advance, get a life. With <laughs> <laughs> all due respect to you, that's, that's are you really going to buy a ticket to get in the building to scream at a guy on a, who's not playing? Rich Eisen, you, you've fan, made huh? your career based upon the knowledge of sports, and yet, uh, did you really just say that? You, no, but somebody's going to say, say what, you, really, you really think that I that's the do, Philadelphia yeah. sports fans who boot Santa? He's not playing. Rich, come on, dog. You know, come on, He's man. Not get a life. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, Philly fans do not like being told that, they, that fans booed Santa and that they have had in the vet yeah, an actual that. courthouse yeah. and that they throw up batteries. Uh, facts are facts. Dude, the number of times yeah, I've heard right. that, uh, do, not, do not do that, TJ, because that is painting with a very broad brush, a big broad street brush that you cannot do. But sure come on, can. who is, is there somebody sitting <laughs> at home right about? now? Did they put Vaseline on the poles though you know, when they won the Super Bowl? What? That's fun. That's <laughs> that, all good. That's that fine. Was, that would happen. No, no, no. Is somebody, is somebody like right now <laughs> renting Silver Linings Playbook <laughs> and going through their uh, their their StubHub account or whatever it is, trying to get that secondary ticket market? I want to go. I want to get as close to the bench so I can scream nasty words you at Ben Simmons. You don't believe that he's you, not playing. Rich, you we've seen fans jump out on the courts. We've seen fans do the dumbest things in the world. Come on. You think that fans aren't going to show up just to yell stuff at Ben Simmons? Like I got to say I'm I'm pretty surprised that he's showing up tonight, but I kind of give him some respect. Like he's going to go face the music. Yeah, I mean, he, knows, he has he, to at some point, He knows point, what's right? coming for him. Yeah. yeah. If they play in the playoffs, it's going to be just as bad. Why not get it out of the way now? And then uh, do your let the play do your talking later on. Well, it, will will TNT have a camera trained on him on the bench? There's yes. No tickets available. Will they have a camera trained on the cam? fans behind the bench? Absolutely, yeah, all of I, that. I think so. I think T- so. You know TNT. There's going to be no tracks though tonight. No inside. No tracks. tracks. You can't earmuffs. No inside tracks. Brockman, you know TNT. They love drama, so of course, hey, well, of course, they're going to do that. What are we talking about? You know about what they here? also love? What's that? They also love math and gas tanks. Did you see that segment? Uh, no, well, Shaq. I, I heard that was from a couple oh, years that was, ago. Yeah, that's old. No, but apparently they talked about it again. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it happened a couple years yeah. ago, though. And right? it went viral, and they brought yeah. it up again. Amazing. No, oh, eighty bucks gosh. to fill up your tank, but if you don't oh, let it go down gosh. the half, and you put no sense. Lakers <laughs> play tomorrow against the Wizards. Oh, Wizards? Where here or there? Yeah, here. Here. Oh boy. 
Wizards are going to win that one. I think so. I mean, they're better. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they just lost to the Oh, Rockets. my gosh. Well, if you want to sit behind the bench, you can get a ticket for about $3,100. Tonight? Yeah, you can yell right. Are you serious? Yep. Someone's going to spend three grand, oh. and you know what? I went home. I feel so much better about myself. I just I just blew three grand to tell Ben Simmons no. he sucks. But not just that, I added some real choice words that I can't mention here. I feel great. Let me put it on my Instagram account. Have a life. About three minutes. If he's playing and you want to boo him and show up and boo somebody while they're playing and root your Sixers on, I like it. Okay. Somebody coming in the rafters. I, I've sat next to those people up in the rafters who are screaming at oh, someone on the insane. bench. And it's just like, hey, asshat, sit down. They can't, they can't hear you. They can't hear you. By the way, I'm By gonna the way new, no, new, no, new, I, I don't like that, man, because the people up top on. are, those are the super fans, dogs, and they're the people that. who can't afford So you're going to, like, clown the people up. Sit down. Nah, let's not do that. I'm not yo. clowning people sitting I'm saying, like, yeah, let them I'm yell, man. Those are the super fans up there. They can't afford to sit courtside. So you're going to scream at somebody? That's what fans do. I mean, when are we acting like we we don't know people are Uh, irrational? Am I missing something? 